Hello and welcome to Reading Radio. I'm Laura. And I'm Jason. This month's book is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams. Because what else are we going to do for our 42nd 42nd episode? If you don't know why that's significant, you didn't read the book. And you should go read the book or listen to the dramatization, which is what what I did, and then come back and listen. How have you been? Good. I've been good. How's NaNoWriMo coming along? I did not make it nearly as far as I thought I was going to, mm. but I did better than I have done on anything in the past. And are you still working on that project? Trying to. Well, that that's the important part. Stay committed to it. Keep working. See what you're doing. Hopefully, you'll notice an improved sound quality in what we're doing for Christmas. I got a neat little recording studio uh, mixer, and so we're trying that out, trying to see how things work. Uh, we may try a little sound effect just to play with it, but let us know in the comments or send us an email at... Oh my gosh, reading radio podcast at gmail.com to let us know how things sounded. So what have you been up to? What have I been up to? Well, I am setting my goals for reading for the next year, trying to find a list of books that is uh, theological, personal, business, fiction, and fun. So trying to mix all those in. I made 30 books this year, and hopefully I'm, I'm looking for 36 next year, trying to crank it up to three books a month. It's harder without the commute, honestly, because audiobooks made it so much easier just to turn it on and go and drive, and I could get at least two hours of reading a day, so I was able to tear through a lot of books. But other than that, it's the day after Christmas. My birthday's in two days. Woohoo! And so, I'm happy. Yeah. It's a good time off. It has been a nice time off. We have our Fisher game tournament. That's right. We do. We started today, and I drew first blood. Yes. For those of you who aren't our close friends, every year for the past, this is our sixth year, so the past five years. We take every Christmas break and do a board game tournament. We're pretty into board games. Consisting of about 13 games. Whoever wins the most gets their name on our trophy and is the champion for the year. Last year. It was me. For the, yeah, the first person to get her name on the trophy twice. I was very excited about that. Yeah. They were not. I was not. I was supposed to be me. It was my year. I won the first year, and I was supposed to win the fifth year, so now I'm going to try for the sixth year. If Laura wins again, something's seriously wrong with the world. That's what we're going to go with. That's what you're going to go with, huh? Yeah, because everybody should be gunning for you. You shouldn't give a chance to win three times before everyone else wins twice. I'll bribe Zoe. Yeah, I don't think you could bribe her to let you in. (laughs) All right, so Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. What did you know about this book before we got into it? I remember we started it forever ago, probably on a road trip or something, Mm -hmm. and I just was not into it. And then we watched the movie, too, but I don't remember that. You weren't into the movie either? No. I think I slept through it. We haven't gone back to watch the movie. We should see if it's available for free somewhere. We could stream it. We should. But uh, So you really knew nothing about this coming in? Not really. You knew, But you knew something was about 42. Yes. Because that's on that poster that we have, right? You knew... Didn't remember anything about the characters, anything along those lines. I don't remember. I didn't remember anything about it starting into it. All right. This is probably. I think I remember not liking it. So I was like kind of nervous about reading it. Oh, did you like it this time? I did very much. Ah, so it's maybe an age difference thing. You kind of grew into it because it is weird. It makes it makes some weird references that are okay off the cuff that maybe a kid just wouldn't understand. It would sound like nonsense. This is probably my third time going through the book, I think. Um, That's a lot of times. And I'll say, I say the book, but what I really mean is the BBC dramatization, which is the original format for this. This was not originally written as a book. It was a BBC broadcast, kind of a radio drama that they turned, eventually turned into a book, a play, a movie, everything they can, they can turn it into, which has worked out pretty well. It's, it's been very popular since its, since its inception. I still think it's interesting that it was a radio drama first. 
It makes sense like that, though. Yeah. Well, because it... And that's why I thought at first Douglas Adams just had this interesting writing style as an author, but I think that comes from... I think that comes from the radio drama background. You're able to diverge and kind of ramble on a bunny trail and then come back in a radio format a little bit better maybe than you can in a book. Although I think it works really well in the book format. All right, so scale of one to ten. Sorry, one to five. five. Yeah, my bad. It's been a long year already. (laughs) Um, One being why waste your time. Five being everybody should, should be forced to read this, not that we condone force. What would you give Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Four and a half. Four and a half. I really liked it. Yeah, see, I think because I'm a geek and the cultural impact, I think it's a five. I think everybody should. That's your first five. It might be. No, I gave Lion the Witch and the Wardrobe a five, too. Probably. <laughs> C.S. Lewis is our patron saint, so he gets, he gets top billing. I would say five because of the cultural impact in the geek world. Like mainstream n- normies don't know, the, don't know anything about this. In fact, uh, we've kind of already spoiled the 42 thing, but we haven't told, said what it is. I was sitting at work and it was like an open cubicle kind of place. And somebody asked some goofy question about, you know, what's, you know, what is the meaning of life? And two of us at the same time said 42. And that moment we knew we were going to be friends. We kind of stood up and looked at each other. Did the, uh, look, I'm looking at you. Okay. I see you there. Sat back down and we've been friends ever since. Cause her, and, that's her, awesome. her and her husband are both geeks. It was kind of like our little geek detector. It was fun. She'll know who she is. <laughs> All right. So age, on the book, what would you think? I don't think it was a content-wise. There's nothing to worry about. There's a little language. I remember thinking about oh. it coming through. There's some, there's some, there's some foul, foul words. So, thirteen, fourteen, depending on what your preference. Like, I don't care about language. Like, that's, mm. I, I'm, I'm rare in that world as a parent. I don't want sex. I don't want gratuitous violence. But language is just sounds our mouths make, and I don't care. But that's not necessarily for you. So there's a little bit of language. Like, it's British language. Like, the British folks are a little looser with their swears than yeah. the Americans are a little uptight about it. I guess I'm comes from my British heritage. I don't care so much. So I'd say 13, 14. Is that about right? I can agree with that. Okay. All right, now we're going to try something. You are about to enter the spoiler zone. If you do not wish to be spoiled about Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, stop this recording now. You have been warned. Yes, we did play with the echo function on the <laughs> on the soundboard just a little bit because, you know, it's there. We have to try something. And we've wanted you to do something for the spoiler zone for a while. We just haven't gotten for to it. For a long time, yeah. Yeah. Someday I'll get to You know what? We've got money. We should just go buy some sound effects and program them and... Run with it. Run with it. Now, now that we've got the board that'll do it, that would make things much easier. It definitely would. So if you're a sound engineer and you've got some stuff, let us know. We're looking for people to connect with. All right. I love this book. I do, too. I love the characters. Who's your favorite? Marvin. <laughs> Why is Marvin your favorite? Marvin the Paranoid Android? Yes. He's only my. He's only top there for me. I, you know what? I need to look this up. Hold on a second. Okay. I was wrong. I would have put money on the fact that Marvin the Paranoid Android in the movie was done by Alan Rickman, who plays Severus Snape. I would, I would have bet on it. Actually, it was Warwick Davis, who does Willow. So he was Grip Hook. He was like... I'm trying to think of what else he did. He was Willow. He's played a couple Ewoks. He's done. He's done a little bit of everything. He's a really talented actor. Huh. I can't believe I didn't remember that. Oh well. Did you see who um, Arthur Dent was? Yes. It's uh, Martin Freeman. So yeah, it's pretty good. We should go check it out again now that you've seen it. Maybe you'll appreciate it a little bit more. Maybe I will. Who was your favorite character? <sighs> I love Zayfab Brox. <laughs> it's fun to say. He's just crazy. 
I, I have Sam Rockwell stuck in my head as playing him from the movie, so that's who I picture now. He just he has a great way of doing it. It's a little bit um a little bit like Owen Wilson. All right, man, what do you, yeah, let's do it. Like that that's kind of how I picture him. He's just insane. Uh, so he's fun. Trillian's like the le- the level headed person you have to have. Yeah, she's not great. Arthur's just fun because he's so confused all the time. So I think most of the character development came from the dialogue. And Trillian didn't really have a lot of that, too, which I think mm. makes her seem lesser than everyone else. Right. And we discussed that there's not a lot of action and movement in this. Not really. It's really all done through the dialogue and the little rabbit trails that come along with it. Like The plot of it is really the Earth gets destroyed. They, ca- they jump on a ship. They get kicked off the ship. They get picked up by another ship. They travel to a planet that makes planets. They get find- kidnapped. Who got, when they get kidnapped. Oh, no, they didn't get kidnapped. Well, Slarty Bartfast picked them up. Yeah. They, they, interviewed, they get interviewed with the mice. They're going to steal Arthur's brain. They run away. End of story. That's really it. That sounds like a weird children's book. Like how <laughs> short it is. <laughs> that's crazy. But that's really all they do in the whole movie. But it feels so much like deeper than that, even though it's not. Because the little diversions as he takes... To, to talk about, to make commentary on politics or mm-hmm. stupidity of, of bureaucracy or whatever, language, when you talk, the whale is, actually, the whale is my favorite character. I'm, I forgot. <laughs> if we're talking about all characters, the sperm whale is my favorite character. Oh my gosh. I, I laughed so hard the first time <laughs> I got to that point. I, I think I had to pull off the road. It was getting dangerous. That's terrible. <laughs> it was, that's why we were, dri- we were driving and listening to it. I'm like, did you get to the whale yet? Did you get to the whale yet? And then when we got there, I was in the car with you and got to see your reaction. It made my And day. you like stopped at the place we were and wouldn't let me go inside. That's right. Because you had to hear the whale. You have to get the whole story. I wonder if it'll be my friend. That's <laughs> terrible. It's so fun. It is fun. Little things throughout the book, the references to the towel and the things that the Hitchhiker's Guide has to say that aren't really pertinent to the story itself, but just like nonsense. things. Nonsense. I think this is the closest thing to nonsense literature since like Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland. I've never read that. You've never actually read it? No. We should maybe, we should do that. We should do that. I've only seen the Disney movies. The cartoon version? I saw the cartoon version and then I've seen the line of action ones too. Okay. See, it's like one of my favorite kid stories. So I've seen... I don't know, probably 15 different versions <laughs> over, over the course of time. I, yeah, we should add that to our list. I have a difficult time determining what's actually in the book versus what people have adopted. Because sometimes... Isn't the, it common domain now? I don't know. I'd have to look that one up. It's so hard to tell what enters public domain anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. So what, did, what was it about Hitchhikers that you enjoyed so much this time that you didn't enjoy last time? I think I liked the random nonsense about it. Did you, did you feel like it made more sense to you this time around? Yeah. It definitely made more sense. I think it was... It is kind of humor that's lost on a child, just like they don't quite understand sarcasm. Fair. And then I really liked the kind of escapism of it. I don't know if that, because it's so separate from reality. They literally destroy Earth. And then it's just, they explain everything well. And it feels like you're in the world since everything is explained so well as it's being explained to Arthur. The whole planet that makes planets was funny. Yeah. Oh, what was his name? Slarty Bartfast. Slarty Bartfast. That's just fun to say. It is so much fun to say. And the way he's like, yeah, I create the coastlines. That's my thing. But he won an award for fjords or for <laughs> Norway. And then they don't take any surprise to it. They're like, yeah, this planet makes planets. And Arthur's like, what? That's a that's a thing? Yeah. Our planet was commissioned by mice? Yes. That, that's one of my favorite parts, too, that mice are actually running our planet. 
that's such a like interesting take on the whole lab rat thing. Right. And so they were the humans were the third most intelligent creature. Whales, rats, mice, mice, dolphins, dolphins, and then humans. I knew it was a sea yeah. creature so long, like that. So long and thanks for all the fish was their last message. Also, one of the names of the books in this series. Is it about the sperm whale? I, no, because he. We already know what happened <laughs> to him. He didn't last long. No, I've actually never read or, or listened to any of the other versions. So I know there's the restaurant at the end of the universe, and I. It's literally like you can watch the end of the universe happen from a restaurant. And it's so it's not like at the end, like at the end of the road. It's at the end, like at the end of time. But it's like a Doctor Who thing. It just I was going to say rewatch it over and over. That's and over a again. Doctor Who episode. I am pretty sure they stole it from Douglas Adams, but I don't know who did it first. Either way, it's hard steal to like an artist. As long as nobody gets sued, you're OK. <laughs> so why do you think this book has been such a classic? I think because it's such a thing in like nerd culture. But why did it get picked up versus other things? I don't know. Maybe the randomness and, like, it's different than other books. I can't think of another book to truly compare it to. Whereas most other books on the podcast, I can say, firmly reminds me of XYZ. It is very unique. I'm going to guess, and this is speculation from watching nerds over the years, we're not very good at talking, at communicating to one another. But one way we do communicate is through the sharing of miscellaneous quotations. (laughs) So... Me and my friend, we heard 42, and then I could have looked at her and went, do you have your towel? And she would have known exactly what I meant. And those little shortcuts of jokes start to create the bonds of communication before we really know how to talk to somebody. That's really interesting. And so this book is full of them. Like, you could talk about a pangalactic gargle blaster as your favorite drink. You can talk about, how often have I said, it must be a Thursday, I can't get the hang of Thursdays. Or do you know where your towel is? There's actually a towel day that people do like who are fans of the books. So I'm wondering if it's, if it's just one of those things that it was so quotable that people would be able to go back and forth and create a bond about it. Like that's one of the things with Monty Python and the quest for the Holy grail. It's so quotable that when you find, when you like, I watched you and your friends when you first watched it, <laughs> you're quoting it all the time. That's what every generation has done since that movie came out. That actually makes a lot of sense. I'd be interested to see if there's like studies behind it. I'm sure somebody has done one somewhere. I don't know what you'd have to look. If anybody yeah. knows, if there's a linguistic study on nerd culture and quotes, <laughs> that would be kind of interesting really to cool. find out. So this is a pretty, this is a pretty short book. I want to say it was three and a half hours, maybe four hours, as far as audio goes. Hours. We we both listened to it faster than it should be. We listened to it together most of the time too. When you were, true. you were driving me places. That's true. So it's it's really quick, easy to get into. If you're not looking, I mean, if you're looking for a deep story, this is not the thing for yeah. you. But I enjoy that. Absolutely. I think I like this in the same way you like the Slice of Life life books. So you, whenever we read those, like Little Women, um, Penderwicks, you like how simple they are. Mm -hmm. And I like the more random abstractness that Hitchhikers brings. Because it's just a little more sporadic and not... It's like a, a palate cleanser or a dessert. That's... Exactly what I was thinking. I just couldn't put it into oh, words. Okay, good. I'm glad we're on the same page. Like I've I've tried to make sure as I'm picking out my books for next year that I occasionally have something light and easy, and that's why I usually rotate between fiction and nonfiction mm-hmm. to give my brain a break and work different parts of my brain. Um, and this is definitely one for that. And it's so good because you can read a chapter and be thoroughly entertained. There's not yeah. really a, there's not really a section where it's you know, there's a lull in it. 
because it's not like there's big plot points they're trying to get between. Right. Or, you know, a lot of times it just kind of, kind of assumes, well, it doesn't assume you know anything, it, but explains everything to you, like the Vogon poetry. And then oh it's my not gosh, just that part to, was hilarious. It's not just enough to say, well, it's bad. It's it goes into this whole thing about how, you know, entire civilizations have committed suicide. <laughs> <laughs> like, really? Like, and then they, they know how bad their poetry is because they're threatening. They use them. it as a torture device. And that's like, those could think. Where did you think of that? That's what? one way for your writing to be noticed. Make it so bad that you have to threaten people to read it. Well, if you, I guess if that's your talent, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you'd go with, but sure. Um, what was that? What were some other moments that you found? The sperm whale was funny. I love the sperm whale. Would you remember was what? Who was with the sperm whale? No, I don't. So it was a pot of petunias, if I remember right. And he said the only thing that went through its mind was, "Oh no, not again." And if we knew why it had said not again, we would be much further along in our understanding of the universe. What the heck? Exactly. It's just those little things where it's like, of course, that's the way it is. Like, I'm not just going to have this throwaway petunia. It was actually the most important thing, but you didn't bother paying attention to it because you were listening to the whale. <laughs> and then as the whale's discovering language in its fall towards, I just blanked on the planet. Uh, but anyway, towards the planet, just like, I wonder if, you know, what, uh, it's ground. It's ground. I will call it ground. I wonder if it'll be my friend. Like, splat. Splat. Yeah. At least I have a tail. It's swooshing. That's not very helpful right now. <laughs> like, of course, because you're in the air falling. It's not going to help. I also like the rats are so mice. I keep mice. saying rats. Yes. They're so confident. Like, yes, we're just going to take your brain and replace it with a robotic one. You'll have no problem with that, right? And he's like, no, that's not cool. Well, what's funny is he wouldn't have known. Like it wouldn't have made any difference to him, but they and they could have also done Trillium, but they didn't say anything about her, did they? Oh, she wasn't on the planet. She had left. That's right. So they would have lost like six months worth of time. Smarty no, no. Zephod Beeblebrox. Yes. Yeah. Nonsense names are hard to keep straight. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> he, he's he's the two headed guy. Yes. Two heads, three arms. President of the galactic galactic president of the universe. That part was hilarious. Which part? Where they're describing it. He's not the president because he's good at anything in particular, but because he's a good distraction. It says a lot about Douglas Adams' view on politics, <laughs> and we can leave that alone because that's not what this show is about, but probably very accurate. I'd like to read a little bit more about what he had to say about that. Like the random parts like that, where they're explaining how the world works, but it makes no sense, but they describe it like this is perfectly sensical. You'll find out when you have kids and you have to explain to them why the world works the way it does. And like, <laughs> but that doesn't make sense. Nope, it doesn't. But it's the way it is. And it's too hard to change it now. <laughs> it's really where we are. So I don't know what to tell you. We're stuck with it. Pretty so, much. Sorry. Yeah. You and your generation should change the world and make it a better place. We are too exhausted. <laughs> that's the way it works out. And that's what our generation's going to say. All right. So... The answer to life, the universe, and everything. Now you know where it comes from. Yes. What did you think of that? The big reveal. The fact that it's the question makes no sense is so funny. We don't know to the me. question. I know. And it, I think that's an interesting way to take it because everyone's typically you're trying to find the big answer to the question, and mm -hmm. they're like, no, we need to find the question. We already have the answer. Right. Well, it took them five million billion years or whatever it was to get the answer. answer. And he's like, well, you didn't ask the, you didn't ask me what the question was. Well, how did he come up with an answer if he didn't know the question off the top of his head? How does he have to program the question? 
I get it. This is I'm not. You can't pick holes in the logic of this thing. It's ridiculous to begin with. I don't think there was much logic to begin no, with. But, it was, but it's incredibly fun. That was the point. It is the yeah. palate cleanser. Exactly. Uh, when when he gives him the answer and he's like, "But you, but can you tell me the question?" No. And he looks out at the crowd he's like, "We're gonna get lynched." Like they've been waiting for millions of years. These two are the ones meant to hear like Moses on the on the mountain to hear God's word. And you don't have an answer for me. They're not going to be happy about this. And then the mice are just trying to come up with any random question they can to go back to their dimension. Because <laughs> they don't they just need to go back and expl- pretend that they know what they're talking about. I feel like you can do a lot of things like that. Just pretend you know what you're talking about. Yes. Confidence and sincerity are keys. If you can fake those. You're you're set. Fake it till you make it. There's not a lot in this, I don't think. Why did you you know why did you like Marvin so much? I want to know. I don't know. I feel like he reminds me a little bit of C3PO. I could see that. But I like most of the time the robots are like the helpful computers, mm-hmm. like gonna do things. I like the computer too, but I'll talk about that in a minute. But the robots just like I can do all this stuff, and you're making me drag around prisoners. It just. Such a waste of my calculations. He's so miserable about everything. Yeah. And the way he expressed that misery, I thought was hilarious. Okay. <laughs> no, it was good. I mean, he did a great job with him because he was never just like angry complaining. It was always clever and like He humorous. had a reason to be miserable. Sure. And then he expressed it in an interesting way. And they had to run into those stupid doors. Another <laughs> one of these doors. They're so helpful. And the ship was so mad, it just shut itself down. Okay, but you like the computer too? Yes. And what about that? I like the reverse, the overly cheerfulness. It's the, like the contrast between the two as yes. they were going? Okay. Because um, it was like, I can absolutely help with that. Just give me a second. And everyone was annoyed by the cheerfulness. Right. Yeah, as if I was telling them to shut up all the time. That's yeah. Great. It's interesting to have like emotions or personality traits taken to such extremes when because mo- most characters always like you have to make it have a balance or it doesn't seem realistic but i like the unrealistic extremes of the emotions it was amusing to see well because a computer can do that you can take a computer to an extreme because it can be programmed to be extreme whereas a human being that seems unrealistic if they're always miserable yeah like eeyore was fine because he was make-believe spoiler alert <laughs> <laughs> but, okay anything else you want to cover I can't think of anything else. I'm trying to think of the of the other great scenes. I love the fact that Arthur got up and left. Like, you promise not to destroy my house while I'm gone. Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, his house gets destroyed. It doesn't matter because the whole planet's being destroyed. But that and that parallelism between his house and the, and the world. entire world. Like, yes, now you all know what I'm going through. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, there's no one left to be miserable with me. Nope, just Ian Trillian, the last two people on the face of the earth. I wonder if they'll get together. I mean, it, he didn't. It didn't They'll work. They'll be the Adam and Eve of the Second Earth. It didn't work when they were in London at that party. He wasn't interesting enough because Zephod was there. I mean, I'm from space. It's kind of a good pickup line. That was like cool tie-in. That was the only thing where it kind of made sense because I think he yeah. mentioned the party in the beginning. He did, and then he was like, "I know him. His name is Phil." <laughs> like what? <laughs> and that's it. There's these little nonsense like scenes that can all be taken out individually, and you can yeah. talk about them. You don't really have to know the context of the entire story because it just makes sense right it's almost like a sketch comedy show barely tied together by an overarching plot which is great is i don't say that as a negative thing i think oh no i that makes perfect sense i really like that yeah all right well tell us what you thought about the show Uh, hit us up in our in our facebook group uh, facebook.com slash groups reading radio 
uh, anyway, you can find it all on our on our website, reading-radio.com. I'll send you there. That way there's one place to go. It'll ask you if you want to join the group. All of our social media is there. You can subscribe to the show on our subscribe page. Support us through the support page by getting an Audible subscription. Or if you're looking for web hosting, DreamHost is a great provider. I've used them for 15 years or so now. Never had to, never had trouble. Uh, outside of that, what are we doing for our next book, which will be February? Our next book is The Inheritance Games by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. I was about to say the second book because that one just came out, but it's The Inheritance Games. That's yes. the first one in the trilogy. So The Hawthorne Legacy was one of the was one of Goodreads' top books from 2021. Yes. And so we decided to go back and read the first one, which you have read before. I have. I've read both. But I haven't, so we'll. I'll read it, and then we'll. you'll read it again, so you're caught up. I will up, reread it. And we don't spoil the second book by accident, because you've read that already. I have not spoiled a second book yet. I know. I'm just going to make sure that doesn't happen. But you have to be familiar with what's in the first book, yes. so you can come in and... And uh, that'll be our next book. And then after that, uh, I've got a poll that I'm, I'm looking to create. I'm going to send out. And we want to get your input because we, we're really good in the classics. I know those well enough. We're it's not, the newer books that are harder. Yeah, we're not really so keen on, on what's coming up new. So I've got this poll created. Finally found a site that'll let you add your own options and then let people vote for that option, which is what, yeah, it's what we want, right? So I threw a few starters out there. Uh, I'll put it out uh, here at the beginning of the year. We'd like to get your input, but after that, we'll have to figure out. We've got a few on our list to go through. We do have a few. Maybe Alice in Wonderland is a good one because I have the annotated Alice. It it goes. I feel through, like I've seen it. Yeah, each scene and kind of breaks down. You know what he might have been talking about. That sounds really cool. Anything else we need to say? Not that I can think of. All right. Well, this is coming after Christmas, but um, it'll be in 2022 when this releases. It will. It'll be the new. It'll be New Year's Day. So Happy New Year's! If you're listening to this the first day, if not, Happy New Year anyway. You've got all year to enjoy it. Pick up Inheritance Games as our next book. You can um, find that on Amazon. We'll have links in our show. And again, that's reading-radio.com. Come check us out and tell us what you think. We'd love to hear from you. Happy reading. Happy reading, everybody. Reading Radio is a podcast released under a Creative Commons 3.0 share-alike license. The music that you're now hearing is by Kevin McLeod of Income Tech, also released under a Creative Commons share-alike attribution license, which means you can use this show for any non-commercial purpose as long as you give us credit. All notes and anything else you'd want to find out about Reading Radio can be found at reading-radio.com. If you head over there, you can subscribe to this podcast as well as join our Facebook group where you can contribute to telling us what books we should read because Reading Radio was all about bringing families and friends together to a mutual love of young adult literature. And we'd love for you to do this. Happy reading. Happy reading.